Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in the virtual studio is Doug, Elliot, Tiffany, and behind the scenes is Damien. Welcome all. Hello. 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 So today we are going to go out on a limb yet again and share how we feel regardless of the, the imposing censorship on critical information for your health and wellness. So today we're going to talk about health freedom, medical rights, and uh, the significance of the Nuremberg Code. So brief little history for those who are unawares. Uh, the Nuremberg Code is actually one of the most important documents in history on the ethics of medical research. And in case you're unaware, we are right now in the middle of a massive medical research campaign. The code was formulated 50 years ago in August of 1947 in Nuremberg, Germany, by American judges sitting in judgment of Nazi doctors accused of conducting murderous and torturous ex human experiments in concentration camps. It's sometimes called the doctor's trial as well. And um, for those who have not looked over the uh, code of uh, the Nuremberg Code, it's basically like a 10 part document that talks most importantly about informed consent. So it'll probably be a big chunk of our show today. But going back, there was an excellent article that was published in 1997 uh, by the New England Journal of Medi Medicine called Your Personal Medical Rights, The Significance of the Nuremberg Code. And you can read through that. And um, I took some snippets of this article about, um, in particular, the American Medical Association and how uh, doctors and judges um, applied these principles delineated in this code to American Medical Association. And that document was called Principles and Ethics Concerning Experimentation with Human Beings. And that was adopted by the American Medical Association House of Delegates in 1946. And the number one topic is consent of the human subject must be obtained. All subjects have been volunteers in the absence of coercion of any form before volunteering. Subjects have been informed of the hazards, if any. Small rewards in various forms have been provided as a rule. So what do you all think about this <laughs> Nuremberg Code? Uh, this idea of voluntary consent. Now, the discussion could be, well, People are giving their consent, they're willingly going and being experimented on essentially, but are we given all the information? Are we being told the safety concerns, the risks? Well, it's not informed consent in the medical sense because of all of the misinformation, the lies, the deception surrounding vaccine injury. No one is told about vaccine injury. In fact, anyone who questions the safety and efficacy of vaccines um, are essentially plonked into the conspiracy theorist uh, group and are immediately discredited, right? And so that's that's the kind of, instead of the, the, the term conspiracy theorist, they're labeled anti-vaxxer. It's just the immediate trigger trigger word that someone can be late labeled with and, 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 and immediately their, their, their valid points are often discredited. So essentially um, 
I would say that even though people are giving their consent, it's it's not fully informed consent. Um, and so that raises the question as to whether these people would ever be giving their consent if it was truly informed consent. And because there are lies, because there's deception involved, I would say that what's going on um, at the moment and what we're seeing uh, is 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 uh, in opposition to to the framework that was laid out in the Nuremberg trials, personally. Yeah, I think one of the keys is the state the the part of the sentence where it says, "Without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion." I mean, that's the big one right there. I mean, how can you say that there isn't any coercion? Like they're saying, oh, yeah, you have to stay locked up in your house. You have to wear a mask. You can't go back to work unless you get the vaccine. And the things that we see coming down the pipe, you can't get on an airplane. You can't travel. You can't see your family for the holidays, all those sorts of things. If that's not coercion, I don't know what is. You know, that is absolutely people are being coerced into getting that element of force, you could even say. Fraud, another one. I mean, there's no fraud going on right now. I don't know. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think that that in you know you could you could make a case against um, the way this vaccine is being rolled out just within this first stanza, this first section of the Nuremberg Code. Yeah, and and because there's so little transparency around this um, a section of the Nuremberg Code after. Um, just just after what you said, Doug, um, after the other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. People are not given sufficient knowledge. They do not have good comprehension of the elements involved in this. In fact, there is so m- much misinformation that people are being led down the garden path um, and led to believe that this is wholly safe, that there are no uh, side effects and that this will protect them from the virus. And as we discussed in last week's show, um, none of that is true. So, yeah. Well, another interesting part that was in this um article about your medical rights and that was adopted by uh, adopted by the AMA was uh, the experiment to be f- performed must be based on the results of animal experimentation and on a knowledge of the natural history of the disease under study and must be designed that the anticipated results will justify the performance of the experiment. Uh, the experiment must be such as to yield results for the good of society, unprocurable by other methods of study, and must not be random and unnecessary in nature. And as Elliot was saying, according to our show last week, you know, um, we're looking to get the COVID vaccine to prevent the sniffles. It's not going to really prevent the disease. So this is kind of a mute point. I mean, why are we experimenting on people and they're not getting the information that's needed to make an informed choice? And yes, coercion is happening. So, and and there is no animal studies that are being done. That's one of the things that we've been told from the beginning because of the fast tracking there, there is no long-term animal studies being done to back this up. 
And what is it with a with a upwards of what ninety eight percent or ninety nine percent survival rate? Is this really a necessary experiment as well? Right. Is it necessary or does it class as unnecessary? Because when you look at the potential consequences, which are untold, no one knows. But then we look at the necessity of that. Well, if it was a thirty percent death rate or a even a 20% death rate, right? This would be a very severe disease. And if there was no other kind of option to, to address it, then you could kind of understand why this would be classed as a necessity. But when we've got such a, it's, it's relatively mild if we look at the death rate, then hmm, I don't think it's all that necessary personally. Yeah, I would argue the same thing. And parts of the um, the Nuremberg Code, or sorry, the Nuremberg Code was used as um, a backdrop for parts of the Universal Declaration on Bioethics and Human Rights, which was done by UNESCO, the United Nations Education, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. And in their uh, document, um, in Article 6, Section 1, it says any preventative, diagnostic, and therapeutic medical intervention is only to be carried out with the prior, free, and informed consent of the person concerned based on adequate information. The consent should, where appropriate, be expressed and may be withdrawn by the person concerned at any time for any reason without disadvantage or prejudice. So, I mean, we can see the influence from the Nuremberg Code. The reason I'm bringing it up is because the, the Nuremberg Code was not... Um, uh, it hasn't been adopted as law anywhere. It's used as kind of a document to base law on, um, kind of seen as kind of a high standard to be, um, well, as the standard basically to be used. And it was adopted into this uh, United Nations document, which is more in line with how countries actually inform laws around this kind of thing. So that being said, I think that that last statement about the person should be able to... Um, person concerned at any time and for any reason without disadvantage or prejudice should be able to withdraw. So with all the hype that's around the possibility of mandatory vaccination coming in, that goes directly against what is being stated in this document. Well, and I think that in the future, we're going to see this Nuremberg Code being looked at more by people who know that that it's wrong but that don't have the framework to verbalize that if that makes sense like you were saying Doug it's not law but uh, you know as these vaccines don't get the uptake that they're hoping or you know right now we're seeing 50% are going to be willing and the other 50% not this is going to be going into territory where Unfortunately, it will have to be settled in courts of law, which establish precedences based on mandatory vaccines and whatnot. And of course, every country is different. Every state is different. So one thing when doing research for this show, we looked at another article called Plague of Liars, Nuremberg Code Outlaws Force Medical Procedures, which includes mandatory vaccines. And basically, it says that the Nuremberg Code makes forced vaccination illegal, along with all other forced medical procedures and therapy 
the Nuremberg Code doesn't single out vaccinations or any other procedure or therapy. It outlaws all forced procedures and therapies with the same broad brush. So, you know, unfortunately, this is going to be a long road, but I think part of the idea of medical health freedom and informed consent is just knowing that you don't have to for down to being coerced to do it. And as you all were saying, like we're seeing that already. Well, if you don't, especially here in the US, like, oh, well, like they did in Australia, no jab, no pay. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. get your vaccine. Your children can't get medical or financial assistance. Your kids can't go to school. I mean, California has been a really good example in the US uh, with SB 227, whatever that mandatory vaccine law in California is, so it's about four years old now, where I think they were floating it to see the responses of people. So if we make this mandatory, you know, what are people going to do? And then you had people that left the state or homeschooled their kids. And, you know, each state is going to be, at least in the U.S., an example of how this is going to come about, how they are going to coerce people into doing things against their will. And of course, when you take away children or food for your children or financial means to support your family. Well, that's coercion as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't seem like a um, tactic that's looking out for the health and well-being of Americans. Because we always, you know, we hear that. Well, it's for your health and well-being. It's to wear the mask. It's for your health and well-being. But not when you are intimidating people to get something that they may have serious doubts and concerns about what they all think. Well, there's already people that are arguing that the Nuremberg codes do not apply to vaccination, which is not true. The Nuremberg codes apply to any kind of medical procedure, whether it's vaccination or not, even though they didn't specifically mention vaccination in the Nuremberg codes. So it definitely does apply. So don't fall for the hype and say that you can't use this to stand up for your rights when you absolutely can. Well, one of the things in there too that really piqued my interest was, uh, and this is in the the code one through 10, how um, number eight, the experiment should be conducted only by scientifically qualified persons. The highest degree of skill and care should be required through all stages of the experiment of those who conduct and engage in the experiment. Do you feel like the people that are doing this are- uh, (laughs) Scientifically qualified? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the problem with that is that the average person who does not have any scientific training themselves is is not able to judge who is scientifically qualified or not. Right. Like there are people who listen to every word that comes out of Fauci's mouth as as if it, as if it is gospel. When of course you know it's not. I think there was a video floating around recently about uh, Carrie Mullis, the guy who invented the PCR test thought that Fauci was a complete idiot and absolutely didn't know what he was talking about when it came to anything concerning virology. So, I mean, even Carrie Mullis made the point that the average person can't know who's qualified and who isn't. So who makes that determination is the question. Who says who's qualified? Yeah, exactly. 
Well, we can see too, just by the banning of people coming out and speaking in opposition to this, like mm-hmm. instead of getting, you know, balanced information, it it is a big red flag when people who are questioning this are censored from media outlets and platforms and that their voices aren't being heard. So if you believe your product is safe and it's 90% effective, et cetera, et cetera, then you should have no problem debating people that have questions about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the media likes to act like the, the science is settled and every uh, scientist and every doctor who is not a quack, every one of these people in the world all agree that, you know, uh, they all go along with the mainstream, you know, narrative on the whole COVID thing and the whole vaccination and, and vaccinations being safe and effective. They make it seem like everyone who wears a white coat agrees that this is the case. But there have been numerous doctors and scientists all over the world who are speaking out against this and actually are filing lawsuits. So it's not settled. One thing that I thought was interesting, too, was point number five, where they Mm. talk about no experiment should be conducted where there is an a priori reason to believe that death or disabling injury will occur. So that's already been violated because even though they're claiming that they can't uh, make the conclusion that these people getting Bell's palsy or these people becoming sick with encephalopathy or these people who are dying, Uh, They can't say that it's because of the vaccine, but, you know, you have to investigate that and, you know, take it seriously, not just poo poo it or sue the person or just say, oh, don't, you know, don't pay attention to that. Just ignore it. But this other part in here says, (laughs) except perhaps in those experiments where the experimental physicians also serve as subjects Mm. so wouldn't that be wonderful (laughs) yeah when have we ever heard of any of these scientists these lead you know people at the top of vaccine companies dr fauci actually participating in experiments themselves Mm -hmm. never apparently apparently that's how they do it in china yeah if you develop a vaccine like back in the old Yeah, and the olden days where people, you know, there wasn't all like these whole big, you know, laboratories with all these million dollar sponsors and all of that. But people, when they first started experimenting with things, they would test themselves. They would test their family members. You don't see anybody doing that now. (laughs) It's called skin in the game, right? And it's what differentiates. It's it's one of the... Um, what's his name? The the author, he wrote several books, but he said that when you have skin in the game, when people have skin in the game, that's one of the ways to protect a society or a kind of a group of people. It's, it's a way to protect against foul play, mm-hmm. against um, fraud, right. against all of these things, right? Because, um, yeah, it would be wonderful if 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 uh, if Gates and Co were going to be the first ones to 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 have this. You know, if if they would they, they proclaim its safety, and so they should realistically be the ones who were who were who were having this first of all. Um, but it's it come out in many cases that um, vaccine scientists and and other these high level kind of vaccine advocates don't even have their kids vaccinated in many cases, right? right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's, it's a similar kind of principle where these tech, tech uh, technocrats or these, you know, ultra rich technology gurus do not allow their children to have computers or Facebook or whatever it is, because they understand deeply uh, the potential 
ramifications, the potential negative side effects. The problem is they don't share that with the rest of the population. Um, so there's dis- they're disingenuous, if that's the right word, but they're, they're sneaky and, um, and, and it's purposefully de- deceptive. Mm-hmm. They're snakes. Snakes. I say, let's, let's, get, let's jab them with the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, who is that? Obama, Bush, and who's the other guy? Former president said they're all going to volunteer to have the jab on live TV just to yeah. increase confidence in people taking the vaccine. And of course, we all know that they're not actually going to get the actual not a vaccine. Chance. Not a it's chance. It's going to be a saving Saline. solution. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, this. Um, Why would they risk government it? official? Yeah, this government. Somebody goes official into a seizure on live television. <laughs> there was a government official in Australia who allegedly had the vaccine on television, but it turns out that the cat was on the needle. And just the way that the person <laughs> administering the vaccine, just from someone who's given injections before, <laughs> like the woman's shirt sleeve was hanging all over the needle and the cat was on the needle. And they said, oh, once they got called out, oh yeah, um, well, she had already had the flu vaccine previously, but they just wanted to recreate the event for television. Oh my God. <sighs> they weren't even trying. <laughs> That's lame. They could yeah, have so at least could- done saline. It could easily be fake, so I have no confidence on watching somebody get a vaccination on television. Well, that's back to that medical theater, you know? I mean, we can all play a game to get the ones that uh, uh, we want to go along and not question, and, you know, and it just is so, you're right, it's just disgusting. It's disgusting. (laughs) I don't even know. Well, one one last part of the Nuremberg Code here, too, is number 10. During the course of the experiment, the scientist in charge must be prepared to terminate the experiment at any stage if he has probable cause to believe in exercise of the good faith, superior skill, and careful judgment required of him that a continuation of the experiment is likely to result in injury, disability, or death to the experimental subject. And so as we covered in last week's show, these things are happening now. And, you know, we're told, oh, it's not because of the vaccine, you know, and then then that's it. Move on, keep keep going along with the program. Yeah. And they're even priming people too. When, as we covered on last week's show, when CNN was saying that, uh, don't don't worry if you see people dying after they get the vaccine, because it probably wasn't because of the vaccine. They're getting you either getting you ready for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all that almost predictive programming, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, that coming out in the beginning of the year this year, the World Health Organization with the, you know, concern about vaccine hesitancy. Like, why would that be one of the 10 top concerns of the World Health Organization if they had not known in advance that something like this would come? So they they, they had to start, you know, battling the narrative in January of last year. I mean, how would we know Mm -hmm. that this was going to become an issue? And now it's an issue. Like for years, I mean, we laugh like, oh, we're just this little health and wellness show tries to tell people about the (laughs) issues with vaccines. You know, it's not like we have a million followers, but uh, 
And lo and behold, we are in the middle of it right now. I mean, in years ago, we talked about, oh, mandatory vaccines, and everyone thought you were crazy. There would yeah. never be mandatory vaccines. There's nothing that would even warrant such a thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now we're living through it, and we're seeing it. And, and it's, I mean, I'm really thankful for you all that we're here seeing it, that we can kind of follow along and we're not being duped and we're not put in that fight and flight response of like, I might not have my job in 2021 if I don't go along with this, you know? So I think the scare tactics are what they're going to start with. And and that's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I can only hope that the people who are going to be facilitating the rollout of this vaccine, like the little people, not like the higher ups, I believe that, Never mind. But those people who are, you know, just your random, you know, local uh, health department workers, people who work at CVS, people are going to be giving these vaccines out and making sure they get to uh, certain locations and going into the nursing homes and vaccinating all the residents and all the workers and all those people. I'm sure they have very little understanding of the Nuremberg Code and the fact that just following orders is no defense. You can't just say I was just following orders. I was just following what the health department told me to do or what my boss told me to do. And, you know, it's going to come back to bite them hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. if they don't take the vaccines themselves and suffer the consequences, I mean, maybe that's what it's going to take for some people to wake up and realize that what they're facilitating is absolutely wrong and deleterious to people's Mm. health. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to have to live with themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even, I mean, even though these, uh, these principles have been incorporated into, like international law, like human rights law, uh, like the United Nations, there are genuine laws which are there to prohibit or prevent this kind of activity. I'm not really holding my breath that citing this in a court of law is going to do anything to stop these guys. No. Like I, we've seen it time and time again, at least in the last year, how law doesn't really matter right it's like in the uk you've had this is slightly off topic but in the uk you've got numerous cases of people trying to cite common law or trying to cite trying to cite various laws um which would prevent them from having to wear a mask and it turns out that they are still arrested mm-hmm. <laughs> and still given a you know a hefty fine and some other kind of um punishment so it seems as though at this point they are so arrogant that they don't really care about the law that they, 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 they will just roll this stuff out and kind of wishfully thinking, but I think it is probably aligned with reality that the majority of people are probably just going to lay back and accept it because we, we don't really get taught that much about human rights law. We don't necessarily know our rights. And if there's not enough people who speak out against this, which there potentially might not be, um, then they will continue doing what they've done um, for as long as they can, I think. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not hopeful that, that the fact that this is against the Nuremberg, uh, what is it, the, the Nuremberg Code, that that's going to do anything to change the trajectory of this. Yeah. Something else might change the traje- trajectory of this. 
but at least that we can know um, and try to do our best um, to to navigate this. And it, I just find it's just very interesting to watch it play out, mm-hmm. right, at this point. I mean, we've been talking about this for so long um, and reading and studying it for even longer, right, before mm-hmm. we did the show. And to see how it's progressed is uh, it's not surprised to say the least. I mean, there's various elements which have surprised me, especially in 2020. But we've been talking about this for many years. We had a rough idea of kind of how it might play out. And it's amazing kind of how by the book they are playing it. Um, and this is why it's so easy to, to predict what they're going to do next, because um, it's the standard modus operandi and they, they, they will continue kind of doing this towards their aims. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm saying this because it's going to be our last show of 2020, the year to remember, right? And so, uh, yeah, it's just been a very interesting year to see this this all happen, play out as it has. Well, I I agree with you, Elliot. I don't. I'm not holding much hope that a lot of this can be prevented through the court system because um, these people are all playing for the same team ultimately. Um, They have an agenda that they want to push forth and they don't care. I mean, if they don't care about human life or, you know, people dying or people becoming uh, extremely ill from this or people losing their businesses or anything like that, they don't care about some laws written down or some codes written down on a piece of paper. I mean, they can just shout you down. They could ignore you. They can defame you. They can make up any kind of lie and put it on mainstream media that you're you're crazy you're a quack you're a conspiracy theorist um i think it's going to take something much greater than the laws of the land to bring this thing down yeah well being the true optimist that i always am amongst my uh fellow (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts i'm working i'm working hard at um yeah I just think kind of to wrap it up, each individual does have sovereignty for right now, you know, and uh, you do have the right to ask questions. And if you are considering the vaccine, you are allowed to ask for the vaccine inserts. You're allowed to have the side effects explained to you by the healthcare provider. That is something that you have a right to now. So I would say if you're considering it, like ask all the questions you possibly can, you know what I'm saying? Because they tell you apparently in the inserts, all the side effects and and what's in there. So um, right now it's up to each individual to basically stand on their feet, you know, and uh, do what they can do to practice their rights over their body their own personal space. And, uh, you know, so for those of us that don't like to be disagreeable, this might be an opportunity to be disagreeable and Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, apply the knowledge and, and ask questions. So other than that, I don't have a lot of uh, other solutions right now, Mm -hmm. kind of run out of possible solutions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe there is no solution, right? Maybe we just need to sit back and watch a show. 
Yeah, wow. just watch it play out and not be martyrs as well. Whilst yeah. I agree, we need to, you know, exercise our rights. We also need to be kind of cautious that there's there's various precedents being set right now, mm-hmm. and we don't want to be made examples of, right? Because they are making examples left, right, and center. It's hard to say how far they will actually go with this. I wouldn't be surprised if they take it all the way. And so uh, <laughs> we don't know how far that can go. Uh, so we've got to be clever as well, right? We've got to keep right. our heads screwed on and, and kind of, yeah, not draw unnecessary attention to ourselves. <laughs> Anyone else? You got any words of wisdom for us, Doug, on this uh, eve of destruction? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about what uh, Tiff was talking about earlier, about how in one of the things that came out of the Nuremberg trials was that um, – it isn't the whole the excuse that I was just following orders is not acceptable. You know, that's what ultimately came about from those trials. It's like it doesn't matter if your your boss told you that you had to do this. You as a an individual, a human being, um, are responsible for your actions, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think like just for all the medical workers and all these kinds of things, they should be reading the packet inserts. They should know mm-hmm. what they are delivering to these people. They should know the potential for harm because I was just following orders. I was just given the shots like everybody else was giving. It's not an excuse. So it's not really advice for the, the, the general populace, but I'm thinking that the, the medical workers really need to, to get on board, mm-hmm. you know, to really um, be informed and understand what it is that they're doing. Yeah, especially if they're one of those medical workers who won't take it for themselves. Exactly. How, how can you refuse something for yourself yet give it to someone else? Yeah. I don't understand that mode of thinking. Yep. It's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, we've made it through this wild ride of 2020. And as Elliot <laughs> said, you know. year ever. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of it is just us observing and documenting what's happening because as you know, things go down the memory hole, narratives change, history changes if you're not paying attention. So we hope that we've done our due diligence and provided as much as we possibly can to our viewers and listeners. It has got us into a little bit of hot water, but hey, you know, that's why we're here. So uh <laughs> We appreciate you all. Uh, Please like and subscribe. And um, we'll be back at you in 2021 for all the new and exciting events, (laughs) situations that will unfold. (laughs) But thank you all and um, have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Happy New Year.